This is Keeping Up the Conversation, an unscripted podcast. And now, here's your hosts, Tori and Big Ken. Follow Keeping Up the Conversation on Facebook at KUTC Live. And welcome to another episode of Keeping Up the Conversation, presented by Black Line Magazine. I'm your host, Miss Tori, joined by my always present super duper co-host, Big Ken. <laughs> What's going on? Hello, hello. How y'all <laughs> doing today? I know, you know, today is, you know, it's just one of those days or it's just one of those years. We're still, you know, we're just, it's just a lot going on. It's the year you that know? we're in. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's just the year that we are in, and it's like you don't really want to. It's almost like you don't really want to do twenty twenty over, but you know, you just kind of want to go back. Even if you went back to January one, that might not be the best thing because didn't they know about COVID back then? Yeah, around yeah, that, that time, was so. already brewing. Um, yeah, it was already off to a bad start. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we can go back to nineteen eighty five. <laughs> did well, i go I mean, back too far i won't be opposed to that at that time i, was I mean there's a few things i could i could probably change you know for myself that you know hey but you know, <laughs> hey, you know at the same but... time you know i wouldn't change too much about this year because mm-hmm. for some people it's, it hasn't been you know a good year but for me right. it's been a pretty decent year so i can't complain and i can't say i would change anything yeah, I you know, I, I, I can't either. I think that, you know, you wish you can, like you said, you wish you can go back to certain points, but, you you know, without changing too much, you yeah, know, but, but hey. Watched uh, Back to the Future, you can't go back in time. You're going you're gonna to change the space time continuum. Like, uh, you you're going to mess up you everything. Can... Like, you can't go back and change stuff. <laughs> that's too much. You know, that's, that's <laughs> way, 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 way too much. But think, speaking of change i want to jump right into our hot topic the election the presidential election is entering the second day and you know most people thought that the election was going to be well i'm not going to say they thought it was going to be over with but they thought that at least we would know who was going to be the 46th president uh you know but i think the last time i looked and you know people gonna look at this video years later but i think the last time i looked uh biden was uh 253 and trump had 213 so you know and, and you keep on hearing you keep on hearing them say you know no matter what channel you watch you can you keep them keep hearing that everyone the news the media is saying we're still counting votes we're still counting votes but something else that you're hearing is basically from trump from trump's camp is can trump decide uh, when to stop counting, and the answer is no, he cannot, because according to Article Two of the Constitution, it gives states uh, rights to administer their own presidential election. And all, you know, although this article exists, Trump's camp still uh, decided they're going to sue um, for um, 
the, the Pennsylvania polls over watchers and voters ID law saying that Democrats are scheming to disenfranchise and dilute the public, the Republican vote. And, you know, I think that his camp knows that they cannot, they can, you know, they can do that. And, and, and by all accounts, it looks like they're welcoming that, but it's so much red tape that they have to go through. I think that in my opinion, I think that Trump is getting nervous. Yeah, of course. Anytime you're going to lose and you've, you know, probably planned so many things for the next phase that you're not going to even get a chance to implement, like you start getting nervous. Yeah, exactly. And I know that we were talking just before the show came on and you were saying that Trump did not expect to win the first presidential election. In my estimation, yeah. I don't think he did. <laughs> I think, you know, knowing Trump for, you know, as as I was growing up and, and into my adulthood, every time I've seen Trump, it seemed to be about the attention that he could garner from people. Mm -hmm. And I think the presidential, you know, election for 2016, he figured, hey, I got the money. I got the backing. Let me jump in here and let me see what I can do. It's a win win for him because even right. if he didn't win. He still garnered so much attention that it was going to be good for his business. So, right. you know, whatever the case may be, but he actually won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he actually won. And, you know, he I, like you said, I don't think that he expected to win either. You know, he's this big, you know, this big um real estate guy and he's a marketing guy and he's just used to being out there, you know, and he's a, like I said, when we, before we got on, he's, a, he's a business guy. And I think that's exactly how he tried to treat the presidency is like, like a business, but it was a business that was too big uh, for him to really uh, grab a hold. This is just my opinion for him to really grab a hold of. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you look at Trump's businesses before and he's filed bankruptcy a couple of times because he, he's used to grandiose, stuff and he's used to hand, handling things a grandiose way now i will say that you know he is a character um he you know he he's a character and he knows businesses but business but i have read all of his books and i and i have to say that i i like reading his books i like the way he explains stuff in his in his books but president you know that's 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 a whole different monster you know it's, yeah because when you're a face of the country that's a, a whole a whole nother task that yeah. you have to take on. And I don't think he was really prepared for that. And his personality doesn't yield that for me because he's so outspoken. You know, the president right. is supposed to be diplomatic in all his movements and be able to articulate certain things. And to me, Trump just isn't that guy. No, but, he's, yeah, yeah. But he is entertaining. I, I cannot <laughs> say he is. that he was, not in, he was not an entertaining guy because the stuff that he says, Y'all cannot tell me, even if you don't like Trump, you can't tell me the stuff that he said. You just got to chuckle and laugh at because yeah, you're like, I can't yeah. believe this guy said that. It, it, you know, he it's like to him that that's him and that's his personality. So on the other end, we look at it and we're like, man, I, I can't believe he said that. But to him, he's saying the right thing he's doing. He's, to him, he's saying what you know, he feels is the right thing. And he's not worrying about who's receiving what he says. He's not worried about who's on the receiving end. But then again, you know, sometimes I do admit I, I you know, I, I do follow Trump on Twitter. And so I'm like, what is, you know, what is he going to say today? And this is so crazy that they allowed him to keep you know, his cell phone. And so he can tweet when you look at Obama, you know, they told Obama, hey, we're gonna have to take your cell phone. And he, he was like, well, 
I'm going to keep this cell phone, but you can give me another one. But of course he didn't tweet. He didn't tweet. He didn't do any of that, that bad social media antics that, that Trump is doing. And, and, and here's a really funny thing is that all, although Trump is doing all those antics, it did not hurt his chances of being, you know, president. <laughs> Trump is the, the, Trump. Trump is an internet troll as the president. That's what he does. <laughs> he trolls people, and if you do not know what an internet troll is, people, it's those people who get on the internet and say the wildest things. They'll come to your post and say the wildest things just mm-hmm. to incite emotion, just to right. incite a comeback from you, or to see how they can rile up the people. Right, and that's pretty much what Trump does on a daily basis. And oh yeah. The crazy thing about it is. You notice him tweeting the stuff because it's misspelled. Oh yeah, you like, see, yes. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> yesterday, you know, last night, like I was telling you before we got on, I stayed up and I kept on saying, "Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna turn off the television. I'm gonna turn it off." Next thing you know, it's like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. I was so addicted because I was wondering what Trump was gonna say. And you know, he sent a tweet out and he spelled the word "poll" wrong. He spelled it like "p o l e." Well, so, been through a lot of and you knew, yeah, right. Yeah, it's wrong poll, but. <laughs> you knew that was him. you knew you know you knew that was him tweeting so uh <laughs> it was a it was a interesting night and still you know I can't wait to you know not for the show to be over but if I could right now I would like I would like stream the video on the show because I want to watch I just want to see you know, I just want to know I think the one thing that I'm curious about is how Trump is going if if he loses the election how is he going to is he going to go peacefully and transition from the White House mm. to his penthouse, you know, to Trump Plaza? <laughs> mm. That's, that, if you, you ask that question and you, you can answer it right away because it's Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not going to go away quietly. He's not going to give up anything. He, he's going to fight tooth and nail until they drag him about that place. That's so, crazy. That it, it almost yeah, it doesn't make any sense for him to even just fight it. He he lost uh fair and square they well i'm not in the event he does lose i you know he should just take his little red stapler and no move on <laughs> no that's part of the show see that's part of trump that's part of who he is he's gonna uh-huh. be drama he's gonna drag it out and this is just a perfect moment for him to do that and say you know what if i'm gonna leave he's that guy that if you put him out the house he's gonna tear up stuff He's gonna yeah. kick, 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 kick the TV over. <laughs> he's gonna try to. He's gonna try to flip the tables. That's what he's gonna do on the way out. He's not gonna go quietly, and this is gonna be funny to watch. But I wonder if I know that he. I know that he. There's a lot of things that, as president, you know, he's still president until the new president is sworn in. But I wonder if he'll try to change any laws that were sitting on the back burner. I, I don't, I I don't, I don't see him doing anything like that. And also because, you know, it has to go through Congress and Senate and and so on and so forth in order for him to be able to do anything like that to get it completed. I don't see that happening. Right. Yeah. You know, I hope that, yeah, I can understand him leaving the White House, kicking and screaming, but to uh, abuse the power, that's something, something, you know, just totally different. I hope that he wouldn't. He wouldn't I mean, do that and make. I mean, if you if you really want to be honest, I mean, they say all the presidents abuse the power somehow. 
So, you know, I'm not expecting him to be any different. And because of who he is, I'm not expecting him to leave, you know, quietly. <laughs> yeah. So like you said, it, it will be an interesting watch and just to kind of see, but, you know, on, you know, keeping in line with the same topic, him leaving, I want, I, I never, I never got the impression that his wife, the first lady, I never got the impression that she wanted to be there. I think that there was one time that I heard her mention that she wanted to be home with their son. And, um, you know, I just, just by her demeanor and, you know, the way she sort of reacts to, to Trump, it just doesn't seem like she, not that she didn't want to be the first lady. I'm not sure about that. I just don't think that that was the lifestyle. That was a life she really, really wanted. If I don't want to be here was a person, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be her. Yeah. <laughs> because every time they have shown them, especially together, mm -hmm. she does not want to be there. She is not feeling yeah. Trump. I don't know what he did or what happened. <laughs> Uh, you know what occurred in their marriage or in their lives i don't know but yes. she is not feeling him when you're in public and you know that there's a million cameras around taking pictures and he goes to grab your hand and you slap his yeah, hand around. You, yeah <laughs> isn't that crazy that's just not so, one time many times <laughs> you know and so i was uh i was wondering if uh um um if she sitting back and saying, um, uh, you know, I hope he doesn't win because <laughs> I don't want to be here. She probably is. There's a meme that I saw. Uh, I don't know if it's if it's recent or if it's from the previous election, but um, it's him voting and it's it's her um, it's her voting next to him. And he's looking over at her mm -hmm. at her vote to see who she's voting for basically that's what yeah. it looks like and mm -hmm. i said i bet you he is i bet you he's worried <laughs> because he's like she does not want to be here so mm -hmm. she's probably going to vote for somebody else and put somebody she probably voted for kanye you know so you know she really does not want to be there i think she wanted the lights and cameras and stuff like that yeah. when she was younger but now yeah. that she's older, she has, she has, you know, she has the kids. So she just wants to live a regular life away from the spotlight. And, yeah. you know, I think that, you know, she's had enough of it these, these last four years. So I think yeah. she is clearly ready to go. Yes. So we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll introduce you to our guest for the evening. We'll be right back.
All right, and we're back. Can you guys hear me now? Yes. Now we can hear you. <laughs> I am so sorry. But anyway, <laughs> I was just really talking, you know? Okay, so we're back. All right. Yes. Get you guys figured that out. <laughs> Can't stop laughing. Okay, so, all right, so remember our guest, well, remember our business spotlight, we, last week we, we had a spotlight with, our business spotlight was with Drinklight, and today we have the CEO of Drinklight. She is revolutionizing the beverage company and has found a way to merge lifestyle, health, and technology. She's a young professional and entrepreneur and is inspiring others to get in tune with what they really want. Please welcome to the show CEO and founder of Drinklight, Victoria Brodsky. Hello. Hi. How are you? You're here. Good evening. Can you hear me okay? Yes, yes, we can hear you. We can awesome. see you. You look good. Great. <laughs> you guys? Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much, Victoria, for being here. I know that um, we met sort of on a business week. <laughs> business week of fun with small businesses. So, and I looked into your company and I was like, ooh, I've got to talk to her. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we have the same name. I yeah, go by Tori. Yes. Okay. See, you know, you know, we had, you know, Ken, Big Ken, two Tories. I don't know. It's going to be kind of tough. Hey, hey, you know, I don't have a problem backing down from two beautiful women. <laughs> you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> so, you know, so Victoria, this is sort of like a date. You know, you got to tell us before we get into like the meat and stuff, the nitty gritty. You got to tell us about you, where you grew up, you know, just kind of make us feel all warm and fuzzy before we get into the business part of it. Sure. I love, I love both parts. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I grew up in a small town called Orangevale in Northern California. I'm going to take my glasses off because I think there's a glare. Um, I grew up in a small town uh, in Northern California. It's, it's right outside of Sacramento. And I went to, I have two older brothers and a younger sister who are just wonderful. So I was the third child and kind of always had to fight my way, um, just being the third child. And um, just, we all grew up very independent. So I think that's where kind of a lot of my entrepreneurial spirit came from. Um, I went to school at UC Berkeley and I was one of those kids that I really didn't know what to study. Um, I found out later on um, in my college career that I was dyslexic. And so I just had trouble with everything. It was like every subject was hard for me and I enjoyed parts of it, but 
I couldn't figure it out. So finally, I just thought, you know what? My only option is to do what I know that I like, and that's I'm really interested in nutrition and I'm really interested in health. And it's one part that of life that I just feel like I know nothing about, but I'd really like to. And I'm so glad I did because I spent um, a lot of time learning about basically, you know, the tube between your mouth and and the other side of you. <laughs> and it's a lot of science. Um, it's a lot of lot of chemistry. And but you also learn. It's such a cool science because you learn about how the world functions and um, you know America functions food system wise and how that affects our daily lives, not only just in the grocery store, but our culture, how we eat, how we celebrate things, what we eat, what we put in our bodies, why we put it in our bodies. And I just really became obsessed with that. Um, I also was kind of one of those people where I just was like, I don't really know what I want to do with this. The track for a nutrition, uh, you know, for nutrition sciences is to go become a registered dietitian and work in a hospital. But I really got freaked out when we got to the, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, feeding tube part. And I, <laughs> I was just like, I'm not clinical. I can't do this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be good at that. But I do, I had this um, kind of feeling that I wanted to own my own business one day and I didn't know what that looked like, but I uh, ended up um, during my time at Berkeley, I, I took time off and came back and took time off and um, I was doing a stint in LA, um, taking some like community college courses to catch up since I had majored, you know, chosen my major really late. And um, I was, you know, as college students do working at a restaurant. And one time I, uh, you know, waited this table and it was really late and I was really tired, but it was two gals from Sweden. And one of them said, wow, are you an actress? You know, I just assume because every young woman working in a restaurant in L.A. is an actress. And I said, no, I'm actually a nutrition student. And she lit up and got super excited and said, oh, my God, I just moved here from Sweden. I started working for this startup. They built apps for people with food allergies and I'm looking for an intern. And I was like, I'm here I'll <laughs> right now. Um, just because, you know, when you go about your life, not really knowing what you want to do, you kind of just take, you know, opportunities as they come. And so um, that was my first job. I actually went on to work for the company um, for a few years and that was really fun. But I realized in the startup world, I could do a lot more than just be like a director of nutrition. Like I didn't have to just guide people in that way. I actually was pretty good at doing like project management. So then it led me to kind of doing project management consulting for other small company, uh, small businesses and startups, which kind of allowed me to get my feet wet in the startup world without actually taking any risk myself. Um, but it allowed me the flexibility to start my own company. So before Drinklight, I had tried a few different projects and essentially got to a point where I thought, I don't have enough money to make this work or get this to a point where I can convince people to give me money. Well, I want to so, I want to stop you. I want to stop you for a second. Yeah. So when when you met the the young ladies uh, in the restaurant where you're working that was from Sweden at that at that point in time, had you thought about being an entrepreneur or had you thought about starting your own company? Yeah, it had always been on my mind. Okay. Yeah. But you but 
but you but you had you didn't have a, a company at that time you just no okay. i didn't okay. um i had ideas but i really had no idea what the the starting point would be gotcha okay. you know gotcha um, now now before yeah. we go on to drink light so mm -hmm. It's kind of like from what I've understood, what I understood, you know, you know, I'm always telling people, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'll, I'll read and I'll be, I'll just start reading a whole lot of stuff about the person that I'm going to be interviewing. So it's almost like, so it's like one day you and a group of your college friends, you guys are kind of like sitting around chilling and then you guys, you were hanging out and then you, next thing you know, the world wakes up and reaches for drink light. You know, so how did, you know, tell us about now, now it's kind of like the point where I'm like, okay, well, you know, the date is going real good. So tell us about, you know, the birth of Drink Light. Yeah. And I have to be honest, this feels like a one-sided thing. So please interrupt me. I don't want to be talking. <laughs> no. And see, that's the thing. Big Ken will tell you is that, you know, I, you gotta, I gotta, sometimes I'll go back to what you just, I want to make sure I address you know what you said so it's not like i'm interrupting you to be mean i just gotta make sure i get some points <laughs> please do i want to learn about you guys too i don't i don't know enough um, <laughs> but i'll continue um so drink light um was I, I got to a point with a couple of projects like i said and the whole idea of being an entrepreneur as you guys understand is like it's there's no way to just start except for just starting, starting and right, that's right. so I had started a couple projects and again, it was kind of like, I, I they were all in CPG, so um, consumer packaged goods. Like I really liked the idea of having something tangible that I could hold. And I understood that better than starting like a technology company. So w the problem is that, you know, as a young person, especially in your twenties and you, you've only worked a couple years, you know, in the, in, you know, your career, you don't have a ton of money just to throw out a business. Um, and no one's really going to give it to you. Like it's, right. and, and banks aren't even going to give it to us. So, um, with, I, I, with drink light, it was kind of like, I was at the point before this all started, before I even had the idea, I had tried a couple projects and I basically was like throwing my hands up in the air. Um, this was March, 2019 last year, throw my hands up in the air. I just, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe it's not, maybe this entrepreneur thing just isn't for me and I'll figure something out. And then I had a group of friends from college come to visit. And uh, of course, when you have college friends come to visit, you go up to drink. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> um, and I'm actually not like a big drinker. Like maybe I'll have a glass of wine every other week. I'm really not that, you know, it's not, a, it's not a huge thing for me, but I do like solving problems. And so when we were preparing for the evening, we went out and one of the friends said, hey, we got to stock up on Pedialyte, which if you guys are familiar, have kids, do you guys know what it is? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. so it was kind of like, okay, we're like, got to go to the baby aisle at Target and, you know, find Pedialyte. And it was kind of like, you know, messy and we had to shuffle through diapers. And I was like, this wait, is dumb. Wait, hold on. So why were you guys looking for a Pedialyte? Because, oh, okay, sorry, left this important key out. <laughs> Pedialyte has been this, over the past few years, has become this life hack for preventing hangovers. Oh, imagine yeah. that. Young people, only young people, but go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, because essentially, and, and I knew Pedialyte as 
what we use, what we would have used in like, you know, a clinical nutrition setting mm -hmm. for people, for kids, especially who are dehydrated, you know, and sick. Right. And so it was really weird for me. Cause like I had heard about, you know, I had heard about like Coachella was the biggest, you know, Pedialyte always sold out in LA around, you know, Coachella time because everybody was stocking up on Pedialyte. So I was like, this is big. Like no one else, no other hangover product that I've seen has been this large, you know, and it's, it's actually taken a lot of um, like Pedialyte sales. Um, I can't remember what percentage, but it ended up being like a large percentage of their sales in the past, like five years for oh, wow. adults using it to recover and like rehydrate themselves after drinking alcohol. Wow. Never heard of that. Never. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Look at all the Coachella pictures from all the celebrities over the last Everybody few years. has Pedialyte. Like, are, are there kids there? Yes. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So to me, it was like, well, this is dumb. Why can't I just get a product that's for adults? Um, you know, that's in the alcohol aisle. It just didn't make sense. There was a lot of things that didn't make sense. But what I did know is that I experienced the Pedialyte. We had a, you know, you you kind of have some when you come home from the bar and then you have, a, have another, you know, glass in the morning or whatever. And it tastes awful and it's full of a lot of artificial stuff. But I was like, you know what? This is quite effective. I do feel rehydrated. I don't feel as um, groggy. You know, I thought it was pretty effective. And so I was thinking about it and it occurred to me the reason why this works is because it solves an issue um, that's very common when you drink alcohol, which is dehydration. And a lot of people don't really think about that. Um, and that dehydration is a lot of the reason why you do feel bad the next day if you have a few drinks. And I thought, well, there should be just a, an adult version of this that not only you'd stock up at home, but you could also grab at the bar. Like I didn't really want to come home and drink a giant glass of this like thick orange, you know, <laughs> yeah, mild <laughs> medication. It didn't seem right. And so, you know, I started researching and figured out, A, this would be doable because the formula is actually really, really simple. It's called an ORS, oral rehydration solution. And it was created in the 1960s by a um, US Army captain serving overseas. They were dealing with a lot of cholera and people were dying of dehydration. And essentially they couldn't get IVs enough. They didn't have enough IVs. It wasn't cost effective to have IVs. And that's the only way people would rehydrate quickly enough to not die. So these physiologists figured out if you have this ratio of a very certain amount of water to salt and glucose, sugar, just a small amount of each, but they have to be in this ratio. They essentially absorb immediately through your intestine to the rest of your body. So it's like the fastest way to rehydrate, even just as fast as an IV, but without the needle. So I thought, okay, what if I created something that tasted a little bit better, had a lot more natural ingredients, but followed that same formula and used it for adults? And that's kind of where the idea came from. So, um, you know, well, I have a lot of questions around that. Okay. So first off, my first question is with drink light, do you have to, can you, is there any benefit to use to drink it or use it if you don't have a hangover? 
Absolutely. And it's not even about, I try, I'm in this tricky situation. I mean, this is still a young company. So a lot of the messaging is still being developed as far as how we go about it. But essentially, no, you can have this at any time. And I do, I have probably at least one a day myself. Um, and it's really just to rehydrate you. The reason why I thought this needs, to, we need to target this um, niche of, of adult um, dehydration caused by alcohol was because no one else was doing it. There's a lot of other brands that are doing the general hydration, hydrate whenever, hydrate after your workout, hydrate after you drink alcohol, hydrate, you know, anytime. That's a much bigger market, mm -hmm. which is great. And I hope to one day get there. But I thought, what can I do myself with the, you know, with the ability that I have? And that's target one market at a time. So how um, how this is going to be so crazy. But let me tell you, first, Victoria is I'm not a big drinker, but Ken is. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's not. <laughs> I'm not either, actually. Yeah, I'm not, not really. like, I'm gonna... I think the last time I had a drink was probably years ago. Yeah. But um, how how drunk do you have to be, like, before this thing just will not, before, I mean, it's like, you know, oh. you, have, like, you have a hangover and then you have, you know, drunk. <laughs> yeah. So we try and survey as many people as possible who try drink light. And the average drink is three to five drinks. The average amount of drinks is three to five drinks. And those people report feeling significantly better. So how long, does it, how long does it take? Like, how long does it take before they start feeling better? I know. Let me show the. I, I know we showed this last week, but it has like these, you know, these four. So yeah. um, Ken doesn't have any, by the way, because he used them. But he has one left. He's got one left. He likes the peach. My favorite. So I love peach products. So this yeah. is amazing. Good. So how many? So, OK, I'm going to have three to five drinks. Three, OK, I'm going out. Me and Victoria are going to go hang out. The Tories are hanging out. Tori, so, me and you probably only need two. Yeah, okay. So we had we had two drinks, and I wake yeah. up, I'm like, oh, girl, oh, I I got this hangover, and then I I have I have drink light. How many more do I have to have before I start feeling better? Okay, super super important. If you read the instructions, it says specifically have a moonlight before bed. Oh, moon, duh, moon. Yeah. So drink. <laughs> okay. And these are already to drink cans, which I'll explain later because we have cans and powders. Yep. I'm going to ask you a question about that. Okay. Yeah. So you drink moonlight when you come home from the bar or after okay. you have glasses of wine. The whole, the, 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 after the entire, watching the election. The entire can? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The entire can, 12 ounces. Okay. It's like the size of a Red Bull. Okay. And then when you wake up, you have the sunlight. Mm. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Very, very important. We did this okay. very intentionally. And here's why. Alcohol, drinking alcohol is a dehydrating event, just like working out is a dehydrating event. But when you work out, you don't wait eight hours before you rehydrate. You rehydrate right. immediately. Mm -hmm. So that's why we actually branded it this way because it was like, how are we going to get people to remember to take two? You know, right. so I thought, OK, if we're calling the company drink light, we need to remind that one is a nighttime when you come home and one is a follow up in the morning. OK, 
No, yeah. are, there different, are, there, are there different different ingredients in both of those? Same ingredients, just different flavors. It's just the re it's, it's just the the marketing part of it is to remind people moonlight sunlight. Correct. God, you're That's so good. smart. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so I, I I know the company is new, so I want to go back just just a little bit. So yeah. how long how long from this idea with you and your with you and your friends to mm -hmm. um, you know from conception to launch? Mm -hmm. How long was that? Okay, so if you consider um, our drink mix launch, the actual launch, uh, it would have been about a year and six months. However, we were essentially poised to launch in a select number of um, Los Angeles uh, venues, bars, a, ho a couple hotels, um, clubs. And basically that means that drink light would be available for all VIPs. So if you're at a VIP table at any of those bars that um, we had developed the relationship with, you'd go home, you'd take this moonlight and then you'd take home a sunlight. So that was going to launch April. And we had spent, you know, the previous six months establishing that relationship, doing events with these companies because it's a new idea it took a lot of convincing for venues to essentially uh, agree to agree to hold this product. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, in March, all those venues. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah, I, I knew your company was new. So I was going to ask you about that. Like, you know, I know the pandemic affected a lot of small companies. I know there are a lot of small companies. I know there are other companies that were expected to, to launch. Um, but mm -hmm. how, how has drink like been able to, uh, to pivot in the midst of the shutdown? Right. So it was, um, you know, I think we all thought maybe this will be a few weeks, you know, it's going to be fine. So during that time, I thought, okay, I'll just wait. You know, I'm not going to do anything. I have my inventory ready to be sold. And then it was like shelter in place started and then it continued. And it was like around April where I'm like, okay, um, what do I do? We tried selling them at liquor stores, but we had, again, no marketing budget. At this point in time, we hardly even had a website. We had a landing page. All of the efforts up leading up from like October 2019 to March 2020 was essentially in-person events, like going around all of Los Angeles, San Diego, Orange County, and essentially going to like the best drinking places or concert venues, wherever anyone was drinking and essentially just like having people experience this. And it was wonderful. It was great. Like at New Year's Eve, we were at the W Hollywood hotel, like in every single room, like it was people, it, people were getting it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when it shut down, it was kind of like, okay, those are no longer available. So our only option is to try and get these in people's homes somehow. Right. So we tried like shipping them out, but like none of this inventory was, you know, packaged in a, in a, a container that was meant to be shipped. They were all kind of loose because this was our first inventory run. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like, this is not going to be feasible. The numbers just simply didn't make sense. And I didn't want this to be a product that was super expensive to purchase. I wanted it yeah. to be very low barrier to entry. Um, so I thought, okay, let me see what I can do to create a version where consumers can mix it at home. 
That way we're not shipping, you know, the liquid. We're just shipping a powdered version that they can mix. Okay. And let me think about how that works. And so that's kind of where our, our party at home packets come in. And they're actually literally um, designed to be kind of a COVID response. Yeah. They're literally called like party at home berry is the moonlight. I like folder. that. Yeah. Party at home peach. Um, these are our party at home packs. You know, this is what so these, these came about these came about as part of the pivoting process for drink for drink light. They it didn't exist at first until COVID. 100%. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Now, um, you know, I know that being an, I'm an entrepreneur, so I know that being an entrepreneur, you always get asked and I have a lot of questions. So just hold on. <laughs> you know, you, you always get asked, you know, what does your day look like? And I know that mm -hmm. COVID changes a day, changes everybody's day, everybody's schedule, you know? So with, with drink light, what do you spend most of your time doing? That's a great question. And I think it, I mean, month to month during COVID, it has looked entirely different. For example, in June, it was taste testing, you know, all the different, um, formulas that we were that we were creating with the drink mixes you know we had to reformulate these i mean we're using the same formula but you know the ingredients for a dry mix is much different than ingredients for you know canned right. liquid so that you know it, it changes but essentially what my day looks like because i still do work full time mm -hmm. oh, okay. um, that's so normal I, that's normal for an entrepreneur yeah so I have uh, Monday through Thursday, I work for the other companies um, that I do project management for. And essentially, it depends on the day, depends on the company, but essentially I'll um, get up and schedule my day. And a lot of it is just emails. Um, and a lot of it is checking our you know, website. And a lot of it is messaging our affiliates, which are people on Instagram who you know essentially get um, take a cut of whatever they sell when they promote like a promo code. Um, but it's really all over the place depending on the day, but it's so, essentially. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but mm -hmm. I, I, I heard what you just, you know, you said something about Instagram sales and people helping you. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit more about that because I know a lot of the people that uh, big Ken and I are involved in, you know, they're people looking for, you know, stuff like that. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, so when COVID hit, again, we had no social media, no online presence. It was all in person up until March. So the efforts. And so when COVID hit, it was kind of like, okay, we got to put like content out on social media. We got to let people know we're here online. Duh. So what we started doing, because I just like, I couldn't like, the photography that I needed, I couldn't really afford and the videos that I wanted, I couldn't really afford. So I was like, let's do this strategy where we just have consumers make content for us. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be really raw and really rough. So what we started doing was just sending our product out to people being like, do you want free product? If so, store yourself doing this and send us the video. And what the story was, was the hashtag celebrate light is what we call it, which is the drink light system of kind of what we're promoting this idea of like having fun, but also kicking butt in whatever you're doing the next day, oh, okay. whether that's workout or that's our whole philosophy. Mm -hmm. So if you look at this, our hashtag celebrate light process is a four step process. I see it. I see it. 
So, uh, I'm sorry, I'm backwards. So step one is celebrate responsibly. Step two, end your night with moonlight. Step three, start the next day with sunlight. Step four, be your best self. Do something you wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. So we had people essentially uh, video themselves doing these four steps as a Instagram story. And then we'd oh. save that story and post it our, you know, to our feed. Um, since then, we've gotten more, you know, better photography content and things like that. But that's still kind of our baseline of promoting this new consumer behavior from people doing it. So yeah. essentially what I said was, you know, I don't have a budget to pay huge influencers. So what I'm going to do, even if I do reach out to a big influencer, is say, only do this if you like it. Right. And we had a fabulous response. And if you look on our Instagram, like even our party at home packs have tons of people sharing it on Instagram because I think it's something they've never really seen before. Yeah, it is. And and I and I um I really, really, I really, really like it. It was so funny. You talk about uh, you talk about budget and you know, I was I know when I was gonna get you on the show, you were like, ah, I'm not, I'm not gonna pay for that. I'm like, wait, hold on, <laughs> wait a minute. Now, Victoria. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, but you were you were you were super honest. So I'm like, I love this girl. I got to get Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people that I talk to are kind of like, how did you get into that event, or how much did you pay for those people to do that? Yeah, and it's not something that I'm like, I'm holding on to all my money. It's yeah, I literally don't have, like, I don't have a rich uncle, you know. Right. Uh -huh. I, I have my savings, and that's it. Um, now, do you have so partners? Do you have business partners? No. It's just you? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to call you after the show. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, another, you know, I like your transparency and I like that you're super, super honest because there are a lot of people that want to start a business and mm -hmm. like you, they're like, oh, I don't have, I don't have the money. I don't have this. I don't have the rich uncle. And it's one, one of the things that Big Ken and I talked about I think in our first episode was when you're going to do something, when you have a passion for something, just do it in the space that you're in. But yeah. also know that, you know, there are there are challenges and and, you know, there there are fears. When you started Drink Light, what was your biggest fear? Um it started off the the biggest fear I, that I had when I started, which is no longer a fear at all, is that I would be able to comply with whatever the FDA required. Mm -hmm. um, I had a little bit of training in that area because of my degree, as far as food safety, as far as all that stuff. And it's not like I'm making this stuff in my garage. Like I was creating it with partners, you know, who are FDA compliant. But I think it was just really scary to think of, oh my gosh, I'm creating a product that people are going to put in their bodies. And I have to make yeah. sure that every single ingredient, every single component of this is going to be a benefit. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't have that pressure anymore because you learn to trust your vendors. Like these are big giant companies. Yeah. Like they're, not, you know, they're not going to create a, you know, a, a, um, a problematic ingredient. But I think that that for me was just like, I'm taking on the responsibility of, of something that people are going to digest. And mm -hmm. that was kind of scary. And it, it allowed me to like have a lot of respect for entrepreneurs in the food and beverage space. And I've talked to a lot, like specifically, um, 
people who have built their own kombucha brands, which is a very like fermented food and beverage is very challenging because you're literally creating something that could potentially poison people because it's like fermented. Yeah. So, oh my God. Um, you know, it, that was kind of my big fear at the beginning. But once I kind of learned the ropes and talked to more people in the industry, it was kind of like, okay, I have to just trust all the systems that are in place and the people who are I'm hiring to, you know, to create my product that they're going to do it in a way that is safe. So, you know, a lot of people sit in that in that fear space and they don't know how to get to get out of. I think I was one of those people, believe it or not, I was extremely, extremely quiet and I was shy. And I remember my college professor told me one day and I tell this little quick story all the time. And I was always the older one in the in the in class and I was in college because I was in college for seven, like 75 years. And so (laughs) and so. I remember walking across uh, campus and my professor, I would always try to avoid him like, oh God. And I remember I couldn't avoid him and he stopped me and he said, he's like, Tori, um, if you don't open your mouth, the world is gonna pass you by. And I was like, he is so right, you know? And from, and I tell it all the time because from that day, I. I, when I wanted something, when I wanted to ask for something, the thing, you know, if someone says no, they say no, you know, you move on to the next thing. And so I, I didn't, I didn't sit in that fear and it, and you didn't sit in that fear either. So there are people that are watching the show that are fearful about starting the business because one thing or another, but how did you get away from that fear? What was, what, what, what helped you, motivated you and encouraged you to, to you know, step out of your fear and mm. into starting Drink Light? Um, that's a great question. And, you know, I think, and you could probably agree, Tori, there still are fears. I think fear is very natural physiological response. And in today's world, it's a response to nearly everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that has been something I've been overcoming for a long time. It took a long time to get to a point where I could make a decision and act on that decision. Um, And a big part of that, which again, I'm just completely transparent, is my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I, that's what I just have to tell people. That's, that's huge because that's that's big. That's really big. If you don't have something to rely on to give up trust and to just give up control, it's really, really easy to stay in that mindset of fear. And it doesn't have to be, um, uh, you know, uh, one specific God or anything like that. I have my faith. Everybody can choose their own. But if you have a way to essentially um, give up control, you know, of those feelings that are very natural, um, I think that's important. And a small tip that I've developed during COVID is to also not be afraid of those feelings. I think a lot of people fear you know, they fear fear. So when they feel it, it's like, I got to get rid of this. Like, or if I have anxiety, I have to get, let's get it off. Like, let me show, let me be angry to release this or let me try and eat, you know, to make myself feel better. Mm -hmm. I think the best way that I've discovered to kind of overcome that is actually embrace that feeling Mm -hmm. and to really just say, I'm so fearful right now. Um, and I'm an external processor, so I have to say those things aloud. Oh, like, so do I, I. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm anxious yeah, right now. 
I'm nervous about X, Y, and Z. And just saying it aloud and recognizing it and kind of making friends with that feeling is a huge step for, you know, to be able to be comfortable because you have to get comfortable to move forward and beyond that. So, um, there as entrepreneurs, we know there are some really big challenges. And, and I, I, I want I knew I wanted to ask you this question because, you know, you are a young, you are a young entrepreneur and, you know, we, 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 you know, face challenges, but you as a young entrepreneur, you come in at a, at a different time in the world. So, and I think that what, what do you, what would you, I guess, what advice would you give a young entrepreneur, or even someone that's, you know, that's older, because a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, that fear take over their lives for so long that they end up starting a business at an, at a, you know, at an older age. But what um, advice would you give an entrepreneur that's embarking on their journey to start a business? Like what's one, one key advice that you would tell them to always uh, be aware of? I think it's so important in entrepreneurship, especially to be honest with yourself and to be honest with others. Whether or not that's going to work out for me, I don't know yet. (laughs) But I, I think that that has relieved a lot of the issues that would otherwise hold me back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that, but you know, in, in, in business, honesty is, is important. It's kind of like how, and not to, you don't want to hear people be the, you know, be the dead horse about this, but a lot of times you'll say, well, you know, I, I can't do this because I don't, you know, have any money. I would rather mm-hmm. someone tell me that they can't do that, this because of a certain reason and be honest than to get to a point and mm-hmm. then, it wasn't even, you know, you were trying to keep up appearances and, mm-hmm. you know, so I think honesty, you know, in personal and business is, is really important. So, um, you know, I want to, I want to ask you a question real quick, uh, Victoria, mm-hmm. about, about success. You know, you can, you can get a group of people together and ask them and how they define success and, you know, they'll have all these answers, but at the end of the day, they'll always say, and money, but how, how, how you know, how would you, yeah. how would, how would you define success? Um, I think, I think you can't, um, ignore the fact that you need money, um, to be comfortable and to compete in the world that we live in. And so for me, I feel already, you know, I feel already successful in a lot of different ways. And I think that's important to recognize and give yourself a pat on the back for, for, you know, getting to certain points that you aimed for. So I, but as far as like actual success, I think to be self-reliant and to say, I can support myself and other people comfortably is really what it would mean to me. And of course I would need to be doing something that I believed in. So I think a lot of the reason why success and money gets like all jumbled is because people will do things that they don't believe in for the money and that's not success, you know? So like they'll, but if you're doing something that allows you to make money to support yourself and support others that you believe in, I think that's where, you know, success lies. You know, um, yeah, I was going to say something, uh, 
Big Ken, I was going to go, because <laughs> I'm always, you know, I'm always the one, I, I do this every show, you know, I'm always the one just kind of like taking over the conversation, you know, so <laughs> I don't want you to talk. I want to talk. <laughs> wow. So, but, uh, take, take a note from Tori's professor, <laughs> Big Ken. I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was so, just gonna say, I was just gonna say that um, you know, what she's saying is hundred percent correct in my mind too, because I've always been taught that not all opportunities are gonna be attached to a paycheck, it's attached mm -hmm. to your passion. So if you follow exactly. your passion, yes. your passion will eventually turn into your paycheck, but yes, you just exactly. have to continue to push yourself. So exactly. with everything that she's talked about today, the creativity and the product, the marketing um using instagram because that's you know kind of like a, a free marketing type of deal mm -hmm. um you know you have to be very creative and she's done those things so people right. who are watching this if you watch this interview today or if you're watching the playback hey you're getting a lot of information that you mm -hmm. probably otherwise have to pay for so exactly you know we appreciate we appreciate that's information for sure Really, really do. Yeah, I know Victoria. At the top of the at the top of the show, you said you kind of wanted to know a little bit about, um, you know, myself and and Ken. And yeah, I know it's almost time, but um, but you know, you and I have been communicating, uh, you know, a lot. And so I just you know want you to feel comfortable with who you're talking to. <laughs> so uh, just real quick. Uh, Is there anything I, I can call you anytime, Tori? You can call and me anytime. Okay. <laughs> people, people who offer that to me always regret it because I actually take it up. <laughs> really? No, you know, I'm offer I, I hope they don't regret it. But <laughs> <laughs> no, call me anytime. Um, you know, I am, I am a, a entrepreneur. I started a technology company last year. And so I'm in the process of uh, the last, the final part of of an app that I that I did that I put together. Um, and before that, I still have a magazine. I, I still mm -hmm. work on the magazine every every single day. Um, and you know, the thing about the magazine, it it remind it it kind of reminded me of what you said, it, and and what Big Ken said also. It's not it's not all you know. What you do is not always attached to to money, and I you know I remember real quick. I was um I was going to a football game, and before I got there, I felt like I was like, man, I, I have this magazine, and you know, people don't know about it, but it's 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 kind of big. It's kind of a big deal, mm -hmm. but they mm -hmm. don't know about it, and so and so I get to this game. This is huge it's just huge football game and i know that i'm a freelancer there and so i asked the the uh the organizer you know where do i plug in and so i she said over here so i was sitting next to a guy who was espn and next to him was nbc next to him was spectrum and so i looked around and i was like girl uh <laughs> so it is not always about the money you know yeah. I, I i always felt that they they trusted and respected me enough for the work that I was doing to tell right. me you need to, you know, come in and, and cover this game. Yeah. And so is, is like Ken said, it is not always about, it doesn't, you know, success doesn't always have to be attached, attached to money. So mm -hmm. um, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. But anyway, so that's kind of like me. I have the magazine and I started a technology company. I love building websites. Um, I, um, so anyway, that's all about my technology company. So, I'm a geek. <laughs> and what advice would you give to entrepreneurs as they're starting out? 
I think my biggest advice is the advice that was given to me is just start. Don't worry mm-hmm. about the money because there is always something that you can do for mm-hmm. your business. You know, if if you want to, if you're going to start a business, just start. Like I always say, start in the space that you are in. Like you, you didn't really have someone that was going to take the, the photography so you start in the space that you were in. Not mm-hmm. everybody has, you know, laptops and lights or whatever. Go to the library. Start in the space that you're in. So mm-hmm. my my thing that I would that I would say to someone that's looking to start a business or someone that's stuck is just start where you are and grow and and set goals, little bitty goals, and accomplish something each day. And next thing you know, you know, you're gonna be on an interview with us. <laughs> right. <laughs> what about you, Ken? Well, me, uh, my first degree was in education. So I started out as a teacher and a coach. So I point out public speaking. So in my next iteration of life, I'm <laughs> business major, um, a lot of public speaking. So my thing was in high school, I really wanted to be on a radio show. And I let people talk me out of it because they said that's not a good career. That's not something that you're going to make money in. Mm-hmm. You can't take care of, of a family with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, so I let people talk me out of it, you know, and short of it. So with the pandemic, um, you know, it was a lot of people approaching me. Um, I'm heavy on social media. I post a lot, make a lot of memes, content, create and that type of stuff. And people were like, well, why don't you just you know, go live on Facebook and mm-hmm. just, just, just tell your jokes, you know, talk, talk, <laughs> talk how you talk to us in public on Facebook. So everybody can see you. So I started doing that and you know what? A lot of people supported me. So what that generally will turn into is, you know what? I'll create my own podcast in which everybody's creating a podcast right now. I know, but I felt like I was different in the way of, the way I can write and the way I can articulate myself and the way I can talk about serious stuff and I can act act up and, and crack jokes as well. So I started doing a show called what I call You See It Live. What I do with that show is I take everything that I post from, from memes to videos and everything on my social media sites and I give live commentary to it. So that show turned into a show that I do with a group of friends called the Fire Session Podcast, in which we talk about a lot of different topics, you know, relationships, day-to-day stuff, so hot topics. So that branched off. Matter of fact, Tori saw me on um, on, <laughs> on social media one night on the show, and she was actually looking for a co-host to do this show. So nice. I leave that all back to say, just like we're saying, start from where you are, just mm-hmm. start. And everything will blossom into what it needs to be. And here I am today. <laughs> and here we are. So, yeah. uh, Victoria, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. You are uh, a true inspiration. I, you know, I, you are more than an inspiration to the younger generation, but you're an inspiration to me because, you know, I, I started business by myself and I see that you are going at it and you are doing an awesome and phenomenal job. And I want you to keep it up. And I, I, I'm really serious you know, if you need anything, you can always reach out to me like we have been doing. Um, but anywho, to learn more about Drink Light, visit their website, Drink Light. That's L-Y-T-E dot C-O. Is that right, Victoria? 
That's perfect, Tori. <laughs> and well, thank, thank you, you guys so much. Honestly, um, I really appreciate what you guys are doing here and spending time with me. Um, it's very generous of you. And I hope to get to know you guys even better as well. All no right. problem at all. Like I said, this is good. I'm not lying to you. I, I really like this. <laughs> I have to try the. I have to try the system now. I, I have. I have to admit, mm -hmm. I didn't try both because I don't drink too often. But I do like this though. Okay. I do like the peach flavor definitely. So that let, that lets you know, Victoria, that he did drink. <laughs> I definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, okay. Victoria, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you, you too. too. She's so awesome. awesome. I like and, her. Her story is amazing because she did something that a lot of people just don't have the ability to do because right. they let fear hold them back. And I've always exactly. been told fear can do one of two things. Either it's going to push you, either it's going to pull you back. She allowed it to propel her. And that's freaking awesome because, uh -huh. I mean, too many, too many times you hear people make excuses. And people who know me know I don't like excuses. Right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear them. Do right. what you want to do and just let 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 the chips fall where they may. Exactly. And, you, you know, I, I agree. You I, I, I agree. That's and that's the thing. Exactly. When you fail, it's it's always going to be a learning process. You, learn. you just yeah, you just keep on. You just keep moving. And um, one of the things that that you said was that, you know, you let people talk you out of, you know, starting a radio show. And that's what people will do is that because it's not good for them, then mm -hmm. it's not good for you. And so they talk you out of, you know, your dream. Yep. And but, you know, again, you know, I like I, I, I love Victoria's story because she 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 didn't let the fact that she had dyslex dyslexia. She didn't let the fact you know, that, you know, she was kind of going back and forth in college and, you know, working and, you know, just, just, she stayed in her space and she started Drink Light and she is doing it without partners. And I think that one, I understand that. And two, all while I think doing, all while working a regular all, job. Yes. All while working a full-time <laughs> job. Yes. And so that is amazing. And, and, and again, you have people that don't want to start a business because they, they would have used her situation as an excuse. I, I can't work a part. Yeah. I can't work a part-time. I can't work a full-time job and start a business and, you know, try to do this and try to do that. But you never know until you start. And then all of a sudden you, you understand how to organize your life around your passion. So, like I said, I know I've said this over and over and over, you have to start in the space that you are in, you know, well, it's funny. My mentors just tell me all the time, if you have all these excuses, then you just don't want it bad enough. That's if you right. Want it bad enough. You'll you'll start and build from where you are and make the moves. You might have a little fear, but at the end of the day, you'll succeed because it's what you're passionate about. So that's really what it amounts to. Yeah. And, you know, if so, if someone says no, just, you know, just keep moving. It's another learning process. I, you know, one of the things that I was also, I also, my, one of my mentors also told me was, um, you know, when someone tells you no, ask them why, you know, <laughs> so it's like, so they can, they can help you. It's like, it's like, so they can help you 
the next time. Not not them in them specifically help you, but mm -hmm. the, you know help you on your next approach. So you understand, you know why that per why that person said why. You know, you, of course you'll get somebody that says because I don't want to, but you know that's not a good excuse. But if if they're professional, they're not going to say that. But well, one of my mentors is my OG, my dad. And he told <laughs> me all the time when I was growing up. He said, if a girl tell you no, that's fine. You heard that before. Just move on yeah. to the next one. Same mm -hmm. thing in life. If the girl tells you no, just keep moving. Find just, another yeah, go one. on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's that's like that. You know, but that's almost a whole nother show. <laughs> you know, but hey, we're gonna let that sit right there. <laughs> gonna let that sit right there. Uh anyway excited about next week's show been okay. waiting to talk to these ladies for a long time our our um our guest next week will be three best friends who founded Ezra Revere wines and they took their journey to the discovery channel and i watched the show it was very informative very enlightening very you know kind of heartbreaking a little bit um and i and i can't wait to talk to these ladies not i want to talk to them all about their success but i want to talk to them about how do three friends start a company and remain remain sane because that alone working with three three women oh my god no that is not i can't even get along with myself sometimes you have you have three women <laughs> with wine you continue to drink the wine oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah you know what you're right see, see that's why see? you're my co-host you see you you and, you help me understand and see how we did it see she has drink light that's on right you take your drink light Mm -hmm. And you drink that, you have your system ready, and then you can drink all the wine from next week. You know what? Week. You know See? what? I think I think we put a partnership together. See, See? people don't understand what we be doing. They don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> we be just putting stuff See, together. I love for success because we if we help you get prepared. You got to get the drink light. Got to get the yes. system, and then once you get the system, then you can get the Ezravere wine to go along mm -hmm. with that, so you can be prepared. So See, hey, you can get up and be successful. See, we we, we trying there, to help we tr So, so why? So you can do more tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. See, I'm okay. Y'all don't understand, but we're gonna tell you about it next week. Um, if you would like your company to be featured on the KUTC Business Spotlight, send us a message on Facebook at KUTC Live. And remember, you can watch KUTC Live right here on Facebook every Wednesday at seven p.m. M, or if you miss it, go to blacklineentertainment.com. All right. So yep. every week, every week at the end of the show, um, I'd like to give a positive quote. And this one comes from Winston Churchill. And he says, success is the ability to go from one failure to another with no loss of enthusiasm. Until next time. Make sure you keep up the conversation. Peace. Follow Keeping Up the Conversation on Facebook at KUTC Live.